Welcome to 24 Karis. I'm Kelly Johnson and I'm the founder of Karis by KJE. So excited to have you join um, yet another component in our series where we're talking about the Latina community and really empowering voices, healing from the past so that we can step into our power in the workplace in our communities. Melissa and Veronica, thanks again for being here with us. Um, just so much wisdom um, in this space and in this room right now. So just I appreciate you all sharing it um, with everyone. I want to dive in and talk about Latinas as leaders, right? You said earlier that um, culturally, oftentimes um, Hispanic women, Latinas are encouraged to sort of suppress who they are. Um, so how, do, how does that impact really being able to step into leadership roles? First, I'd like to say it's, it's crazy because um, leadership is leadership at home, <laughs> leadership in the community, leadership in your friendship. It's about accountability. Um, and it definitely shows up because, again, the mention of culturally, and this is different, right? Because you think of Latinos as a whole, that's a whole diverse conversation, right? You have Latinos from all over different countries that have, but to, from the core of that, um, women are serving the household. Women are making the decisions in the home, and most of the times they're managing the money if they're in a real traditional family. Um, so the leadership starts that way. It's just, it's unannounced. It's not um, talked about, and it's always honoring the patriarchy. <laughs> but that's America to me, you know. So I feel that it shows up that way because we're still deeply rooted in who we are. It's a tribal, primal thing, right? You can never take away being a woman. There's things that come with that DNA. And I think that it shows up that way because it's un it's subconsciously there and it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's learning how to use it to your advantage, to manage it and to use it as an uncomfortable place to grow from. And I think that's where Hey Chica comes in and says, let's talk about this and how we can set you up for success by shining light on it so we can have a conversation of authenticity around how that shows up and how you can use it to your power. Yeah, yeah, yeah leaders are decision makers right? You're the people who make the decisions, like she said, for your household, for your communities, um, and then in the workplace. And I think the biggest, the most important trait for a decision maker is the ability to trust yourself. And we want women to better trust themselves, to know that you have the answers. You know, you're the one in the situation, you know what's best. Um, and if you can learn to trust yourself, then you're going to make the best decisions. So what are those ways women can start to foster that, that self-trust then? What, what are some things that you teach women or try to encourage them to grasp? Yeah, so our content is built around that, right? Like you talk about finances. That's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. But we know that when women are in charge of their money and their power, then there's even an elevated power that's not attainable by the natural eye or even to the, the norm, right? So we talk about, we show them people who are leading in that. So the speakers that we bring are women that are in these roles, that are running million dollar companies, that are sitting on these corporate boards, that are thriving, and they share that story. And it's relatable, and it's someone they know, and it makes it, again, trustworthy to the content and the conversation. And we have those conversations with our speakers, and you're like, we don't want the talking head. Like, then thank you, but no thank you, you know, because it compromises what's really happening. And showing up, showing them women that are doing it, and then 
just having the, an open mic where they can ask questions on how they do it. Like it's always an open mic for for a conversation on like, how did you do that? Or, I mean, I'll break it down even in an instant. We just had a leadership summit for junior high girls in March of this past this year. And a little girl had asked me in Spanish, can you teach me how to love myself? Oh, wow. That was her first step to lead, right? To yes. get on the microphone. She was so shy. Do you remember mm -hmm. that moment, Melissa? She was mm -hmm. so shy. And she told me in Spanish. And I, like, it just took over me. And I answered her back in Spanish because I wanted to be at her level. And I wanted her to know that she had the power to show herself. And that's just an example because that's leadership for her. She has to lead in her community. And even in junior high and high school, I remember I used to have to read stuff for my grandparents to translate. I used to sign my mom's name for things. So taking it back to all of that, like we're, we have to lead even when we don't want to. And, and for me, it was at the age of six and seven. And everyone, you even told me that when you can go back and pinpoint when you knew that you were alone. I think you told me that you had a conversation with me that was a, a change maker and a difference for me to go back and say, that's why we have to dig into the junior high level of leadership, you know? I remember when I was in a corporate role that was responsible for bringing in um, talent, you know, recent grads, and there, there was a Latina from New York that we wanted badly, like she was rock star. And we knew that just through conversation, right, not an assumption, but through conversation, she's from New York, we wanted her to move to Texas, uh, which is a whole nother kind of cultural uh, transition. Um, but we knew that her family was going to not make it easy for her to be that decision maker and to trust the decision that she, that this is the right next step for her in her career. And I remember talking to the recruiter that was, you know, they were gonna make the offer, blah, blah, and I'm like, you cannot handle this offer letter and this offer the way you normally do. This is not a transaction. You need to speak to what we already know, what she's already told us about her family and the resistance they may have. She didn't know how to drive. Uh -huh. And in New York, you don't need to know how, right? But in Texas, you do need to drive. You need to have a car. We, I'm like, okay, that's strike one. Mama ain't going like that, right? Strike two, we're moving her baby from New York to Texas. Strike three, you know, like mm -hmm. there were some real barriers or obstacles, I'll call them. There were some real obstacles she was gonna to have to face in order to make that decision for herself and to trust the decision and, and walk into that power. She did accept. Yay, Yay. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we have to be, for those of us who wanna be allies, to support women along the way, what advice would you give um, to others who maybe don't really feel equipped or know everything about what someone could be experiencing that prevents them from being that leader? Uh, it's, so we're writing a book. The book should be done hopefully by the time people are listening to us on how the movement started by experience, right? I'm writing it and it, it's, it talks exactly like that. My experience of going to college and how my family was like, my dad even had a drug overdose the night I left to go to college because he's like, you're leaving me. I can't believe you're leaving me. And I had to see him in the hospital before I left. And I was 17, 18. Talk about trauma, right? Yeah. And anxiety and fear and separation and attachment. And I still left, right? Because I knew my purpose. But the importance of how that shows up is extremely vital to the success of what we're doing. I think that yeah. 
Melissa can speak on it in her own family experience where we have to, again, take accountability, like equity in responsibility, equity in accountability. Like at some point in our lives, a lot of people don't want to take that on, but the ones that do take it seriously where we need to have those conversations for our young people. Like I feel accountable to my community in the most deepest way that um, that's probably even toxic to myself, right? Because I, I care so much to say that's not right. And sometimes, you know, it gets me, it closes doors in front of me if I'm, they used to call me Al Sharpton, right? Because I was always like, that's not right. You know, that's not right. And I just had to learn my power. And I know you can talk about that. Like it's, you see it show up in the constituents that you guys, be, I mean, you're in yeah. politics. So you see, you know, all of that conversation happen, right? Yeah, I think that you know, allowing, especially for Latinas, knowing that you're allowed to experience pain and sadness and anger and all of those things. And just because you might not, um, you know, now us, we're professionals, we've got a salary, you know, which was unheard of for our families. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother, my grandmother is, is, were migrant workers. Right. You know, they didn't have a salary. They couldn't dream of or taking a benefits. vacation. Right. Yeah, <laughs> healthcare. Right. They didn't have healthcare. Um, and a lot of times we feel guilty for giving to ourselves. Um, but if, you know, if we don't give to ourselves, we can't give to anyone else. Um, and so giving ourselves permission, you know, for the longest time I had an issue just buying something for myself. Mm. You know, something nice for myself was didn't matter how much money I made or this is money that could be going toward my family, um, my mom for a new washer, you know, whatever it was. Um, but allowing myself to live a life conducive of happiness um, and letting go of those past traumas and everything attached to that. It doesn't mean I let go of my culture, right? Because your, your culture and your trauma are two different things. Right. Um, and recognizing that and, and being able to, to move forward in my happiness, I think that's been a, a challenge, you know. Yeah. So at the time this episode will air, we're, we're going to be in November. And obviously, Hey Chica is, you know, year round, constantly um, supporting and nurturing its community. But we know that our involvement in the political realm and using our voice and power in that way is so important. Melissa, I know you live this every single day. So speak to that. I know you all have some really important initiatives um, around, um, you know, using our power in that space. What would you share with us? Yeah, I, I always say that if they don't know your experience, then they can't solve your problems. And so if we're not interjecting ourselves into places of power, um, if we're not sitting in our power, because from, and this is getting more technical, but from the justice of the peace who decides who gets evictions to the state representative and the governor who decides uh, what you're, you are and are not able to do with your body and your family planning, um, those are all people that only stay in power if we allow them to. Um, every vote is a vote for or against your community uh, for against your livelihood and, and your happiness. Um, and so unless we're involved in the systems in which we live, then we're never going to accomplish a community that serves us or a, a government that serves us. Um, and so it's, it's so important for us to realize that there are power in numbers. And there's a lot of Latinos in the state of Texas. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and until we start turning out, then they're going to continue to operate based off of who's putting them in power. And if it's not us, then they get to do what they want. So what is HECA doing to support that and how can others get involved? Well, we're talking about it early on, even before November, right? We start that conversation of education, educating uh, chicas on what's important to us. Just by data and numbers alone, we can pull reports and saying where the deficit is for Latinas in every category. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I think leading up to this conversation, there's a huge issue. Um, Latina equal pay is in December. Like, so it's taking Latinas a whole year, y'all, like a whole year to earn, you know, just where a white male counterpart is. And so that, if that doesn't upset you, um, I don't know what does as a woman who needs to pay bills and pay for gas. Everything that's happening in this economy right now, like if you don't stand up for your right to desert the compensation, people don't know that that affects everyone else. They think it's just, it's a me thing. I'm going to go ahead and make what I make, but it changes what everyone else makes. It comes behind you. So to teach that and educate women, the impact of what really happens when you don't ask for the raise that you deserve or the equal pay that you deserve, just being equal, they need to understand the impact that happens for other women after and before, because now you're barometer is now here because you are okay with that and that should not be okay right that's again community care so we're going to really push that we're going to stand up and we're going to talk about latina equal pay even if we're just talking about it on our social platforms that's power and awareness as well but that's the december issue that i feel that it's going to have to be discussed and and um, celebrated on how we can get women to celebrate their compensations right like that's that's empowering mm-hmm. so it's super important, and I'm so glad you highlighted um, the Equal Pay Day in December for Latinas. And, you know, every multicultural female community has a different date, you know, because of the amount of time it takes to equal what a white male would earn um, much sooner in the calendar year, right? And so it's so important for people to understand that because we, we hear about the the broader sort of roll up of the gender pay gap, you know, for all women, all communities, which shouldn't exist, right? But the fact that it's worse for multicultural women is, is really a travesty. And if, we're, if it's really a gender issue, then there wouldn't be a distinction between the different ethnicities or nationalities in communities. So I love that you all are raising awareness around yeah. the distinctness of, within the different communities. Um, so we're talking, or we have been talking a lot about just leadership and stepping into our power, and we can't even have that conversation about pay if we don't love ourselves and recognize the goddess within, as you all have talked about. So I love how we're able to just, it weaves through everything, right? Yeah. Um, and really exercising and understanding our voice from a political realm as well. So Melissa, thank you for the work you're doing there specifically. Um, all right, we'll be back. And um, thank you for listening to another episode of 24 Karis, where we help you live your commitment 24-7, 365 to diversity, equity, and inclusion.